are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, here to give our season-end recap of this uh, this 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 corpse of a 2020 season. Uh, that was long dead and buried ever. Um, I think I've I've used the word autopsy before, but I'm going to go ahead and use it again. This is going to be a, the the document that John has written to review <laughs> the season. Uh, if you see this man out in a bar, please please buy him a drink. He he watched uh, every single uh, highlight from every single game. Okay. He wrote summaries of every single game this year. Uh, he did it all in in unbelievable fashion. So this man. <laughs> This man is crazy. Uh, I, I do not think my soul could take it. M- maybe it's because the kickers are regular season champions and, you know, preparing for a playoff game that I was like, you know, I don't need that negativity weighing me down. I'm just going to, I'm just going to st- spare that for an hour. Um, just kidding. I got to do the spirit. I'm doing the spirit recap. So that'll be coming next week, by the way, if you're, if you're wondering where that is and you're listening to the show first, that'll be next week. We, we, that was a game time decision uh, because we want we want to give this 2022 season, the, uh, the hate, Slash, <laughs> maybe some hope. Maybe we'll sprinkle some hope in there. Well, if we find any, we'll, we'll we'll definitely let you know. So, John, first, how you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? Oh, I mean, it was great doing all of the highlight watching. It was fantastic. <laughs> I feel like it's sort of it was very Clockwork Orange. I felt like I was propping my own eyes open and torturing myself watching this game, watching all of these games. Uh, I hung out with my 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 baby all day by myself on Sunday. That was enjoyable. That was a good day. But other than that. Uh, watching a lot of baseball, which I know you hate. Uh, I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. After DC United's last game, I've not watched any MLS. I'm in no position to talk about MLS playoffs whatsoever. <laughs> I think you watched a little bit last week, this weekend, right? I did. I did. I did watch. Uh, I, I took. I finally had a moment, I guess, to myself. Saturday was a busy day. Obviously, was went to the Richmond Kickers game. So even though the games are 12 and three, uh, hung out with uh, uh, my niece and nephew. Uh, from my wife's side. So I was busy, busy with them on Saturday. So I did not get a chance to really watch the games. I kind of kept up with it a little bit. Um, and then of course, Sunday I sat down. I did actually watch both the, uh, both the games then. So I watched a little bit, a little bit MLS, MLS cup playoffs. I've got a, a New York city FC and enter Miami on the round. New York city just, just scored a goal played at uh played at city field. So, um, so yeah, so uh, so that that was my weekend, uh, <laughs> celebrating the joys of watching a team win a championship. I'm sorry, I'm not bragging about it. I'm just devi- I'm just avoiding uh, the negativity that's going to come over the next hour or so. However long this podcast goes, it's going to be a long one. Let's it just be say a long that. one. So uh, be- before we start getting into the nitty gritty, because I said I would do this, I asked all of you on Twitter to give me a five word summary of the season which is a lot faster than what I had to do, but I wanted to, and I said I would read them and I thought we'd maybe get like 10. We got more than 10. I'm going to whip through these at a quick pace. Otherwise we're going to be here all night long. So again, remember the prompt was five words about the 2022 DC United season. I'm not going to read the names because again, too many Uh, here they are. Here we go. And in no order other than uh, in chronological order from when we got them. Uh, What is that? I smell. They said playoff caliber roster. Quotes, we have a playoff team, all downhill after kit sponsor, front office obviously doesn't care, it's not in the net, that's a good one, uh, so glad it's over now, month late and dollar short, 
Levian, Kaplan, Casper, Kick Rocks. I like that one. A little alliteration. Everyone and Everything Must Go. That was the most liked, I think, of all of these. League has passed us by. Need a beer for that. I thought that was good. Money laundering front for owners. Casper out. Levian out yesterday. Focus on the regular season. That was a good one. Uh, had to root for Cincy. Dave Casper at your service. Disjointed, underachieving, technically inept play. That was just words. <laughs> uh, sell the team, Jason Levian. Benteke pockets full, dead club. We'll get back to the Benteke pockets full part of that uh, in a minute or in some minutes. Uh, what 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 then when Rooney leaves? I, I thought good. Did not get a lot of love, but I think that was pretty good. Uh, these jokers also decimated Swansea. <laughs> that is a person from Richmond. I assume that would maybe be somebody from Wales, but no, somebody from Richmond. <laughs> uh, there is always next year. Wooden spoons do not melt. How is Casper not out? Eternally waiting for next year. Sometimes shit, sometimes maybe good. <laughs> Season lost is hope too. Wait, 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 Some the the last one. Oh, you're uh, right. What... That was that was too many words. No, no, that wasn't. That wasn't. Oh, you're saying it's never, never maybe good. No, when it when it when is the maybe good part come? Can someone can this person? If you're listening right now, please call into the show and please tell me what the maybe good part yeah. of this season was. Please, I, I really, I really want to know. I really want to know the maybe good part of this season. Maybe it'll come up when I when I talk about every <laughs> single game uh, in minute detail. I very uh, much doubt it, but but yeah, I love not. your optimism, John. <laughs> no, I yeah, I know. Uh, 2023's DC United's worst season ever. Uh, totally, completely, absolutely, unfathomably, unfathomably inept. That's the right amount of words. Sad, horrible. Oh, wow. This one's even an acrostic. Sad, horrible, impotent, taxing, embarrassing. It's about mm. shite if you do it vertically. So good job. Good job, Joe. Uh, agitate for change of ownership. Promise to send it into hell. There's no plan. Never was. I like that one. Uh, does anyone even care anymore? <laughs> Clearly, some people care enough to, to do all these poems. Uh, a very large dumpster fire. Painful, unending character building exercise. I like that one. The death of a community since punting the open cup. Dot dot dot. Did other did other things with the time or did other things with time. Lasada gets the last laugh. Overpaid additions disappoint again. Oh, that was good. Uh, worst team in the league. True. Did someone did someone say open cup? Sell the team. Casper out. And some things are better unsaid. Oh, there's still more since I started this. Proof that Casper must go and dumpster fire reboot dumpster fire. That's good too. That's the last one in uh, dumpster fire reboot dumpster fire is good. So, so everyone feels really good about it. Everyone everyone enjoyed it and had a good time. Uh, yeah. I mean, how could you not? How could you not? Yeah. So it's. Why don't we get? Why don't we get started? Yeah, we're gonna. We are. By the way, for those who of you, the few of you who are watching live, we are gonna go through the, the roster and cake or death. We're not gonna do that because I feel like that's that's another that's other people's thing. We're just gonna. We're just gonna. We didn't have time to think of a cool branding. It's it's keep or get rid of. <laughs> so we'll we'll do that. We'll do that after the the recap. By the way, some people. Uh, no one asked for this. No one asked for this. Uh, Ted didn't ask me to do this. <laughs> Nobody on Twitter was like, wouldn't it be really good if we walked through every game of the season? Uh, I I I felt like I had to do this to can you know explain to myself how bad the season really was. Because sometimes you forget. Like, yeah, you see the record, you see the points, you see the wooden spoon, you're like, wow, this is a bad season. It's the worst one ever. But when you really get through it and look at every goal they concede and how it's conceded, good lord. It was a 
horrible season. This team needs to be broken up for parts. Uh, it won't be, but it needs to be. So before I start, Ted, any last words? I know where we should start this. How did how did you feel if you remember what we could we could have again this is, with more planning gone back and listened to the episode before the season started <laughs> about our hopes? Do you uh, remember sort of your vibes uh, before the season started? I, I mean, the vibes were, you know, it's 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 really the, the vibes were. It, it felt like, regardless of everything, that this team did have you know with with Hernan Lasada this team had an identity and you know looking back on it you know looking back on on the players that became free agents didn't return obviously the Paul Areola situation all of it in sort of hindsight I think really spelled really how how much trouble this team was in and and, and I remember thinking you know, I remember thinking that, you know, okay, we we saw an identity. It's really tough to remember. Like I, I might go back and watch some of those games if I can find them from two thousand from twenty twenty one, just when this team looked like it would it had found its groove, it was on fire. Then it was just like, okay, just build upon this year. And that's what I thought, you know, was going to happen in a certain stent, certain sense. You know, we we signed Taxi Funtas, it looked like he was going to come early. And I said, okay, once he gets here, you know, we'll see how he does. Maybe, maybe this will all be okay. Um, I think, honestly, we, we should have been, you know, maybe more skeptical. And, and honestly, I believe uh, this year we're going to be, this coming season, off season, we are going to be wildly more skeptical <laughs> of everything. Well earned, um, really. Really. And and we'll get we'll get into the back half the back half of the season. But you know, I, I think we we got you know the wool sort of you know pulled over our pulled over our our eyes. And it it's really yeah, it's really hard, I guess, to it's really hard to quantify because looking back on it now, you're like, yeah, clearly this team had issues, but you know, it's also the beginning of the season. You still have hope. Yep. You know, you're you're trying to figure out you, you want to have the feelings. You say, Well, I had these feelings in 2021 when this team was flying high. It looked like they were going to challenge for the top of the East. They were third place in the East at one point. And you're like, you know, they kind of all fell apart. Now they've got a full off season. They're gonna, you know, regroup. So you kind of had this hope that the system and the identity that Lasada was instilling in the team that he had guys bought in was going to sort of maybe overcome some of the deficiencies in the roster. Um, and we learned probably should have known from games one and two that um, something was something was very, very much wrong uh, with this team. And what they did was not good enough as far as getting replacements back in. Um, obviously, we know the the leaving of Paul Ariola, I think, took the entire front office with their with their with their pants down. And I don't know if they'll ever admit that. But I think they were widely unprepared to replace him. And that really should have been the first red flag when we entered the season and we got through the window and there was no subsequent Paul Areola replacement. Um, and yeah, I, it's, I, that's, it's, it's really, it's really hard to look back. And, and, you know, I had hope I had, I had thoughts that, you know, I think we were going to be fine. Um, I thought playoffs were a possibility if they got some help. Uh, maybe in the summer window, um, but it was it, it was all just like it was all just basically ready to crumble apart. And, and the way it crumbled apart was I don't think I've ever seen a team, a soccer team crumble the way D.C. did 
uh, over a season. It was like watching a train wreck week in and week out. So let's start this off. Uh, Aaron Almasada to that end said, this is a quote from uh, pre the right before the last preseason game of the, of the preseason. He said, the roster is still incomplete. We're still looking. And I really hope those pieces are coming because this, that is the difference between playoffs or not. That's the difference between arriving in the playoffs and being competitive and arriving in the playoffs and getting kicked out in the first round. We still need that extra piece of quality. By the way, that uh, that is a subtextual Ernan Masada also saying this is a playoff roster. So before you want to just get mad at Lucy Rushton, Ernan also said it in his own special way uh, at the beginning of the season. I was looking back trying to see. We talked about Paul Ariola leaving. Uh, Kevin Paredes left. And I was trying to look at the beginning of the season. Uh, who, wow. who had been added? And the answer, I believe, is just Jafal and Brad Smith. I do not believe there were any other players added in that summer window or in that in the winter window before the season um, started. You, you forgot about you for what's that? Who else? I'm, sorry, I'm asking who else was uh, the Ecuadorian forward who's who we who is no longer ah Miguel Estrada or Michael Estrada. Michael Estrada. Yep. Ah, how did I? And, and Taxi Taxi was announced, but was not arriving until the summer. But yes, but, so it wasn't so that. I mean that quote is uh, legit, right? If you if you look at that roster and how it sort of played out, and then also all of the money that was spent in the window, uh, the last one of the year, really sort of legitimizing that like this team is bereft of talent in a lot of ways. Anyway, so uh, that happened. That was said. Uh, we the the big conversation that was happening before the season was we've got to get rid of Ola Kamara. He's got trade value. We need to make sure that he's we get value for him. Uh, spoiler alert. We kept him the entire season, and he had a not a 2019 Ola Kamara season, but he had a, he had a decent Ola Kamara season or 2020. And, and I want to go back to that. I think that is that is proof that we always talked about. We always talked about with with Dave Casper, you know, when when a lot of people wanted him gone, you know, in the RFK days. And, you know, the always the argument was, well, he, you know, he's a wizard at, you know, navigating the MLS market, finding good deals, getting getting guys out, you know, getting value from certain players. You know, he, he knows that market. And the fact that they made that they made that they made it known they wanted to trade Ola. They got maybe there were offers that came in, but the offers were not near as near as what they maybe were expecting. And so then they just decided to keep him. I, I think also Michael Estrada, I think from the first few games, I think they kind of knew that Michael Estrada wasn't going to be good enough. And so they were like, well, I think if Michael Estrada had blown up the league, they would just would take in whatever offers they got. I, I can't believe they, I couldn't believe that they actually would not have gotten at least a couple offers for, for Ola Kamara. Uh, but the fact that they could not make, they made that known and then just couldn't get it done is such an utter, utter, utter failure um, on the team. In, in Imagine the if they had gotten rid of him. By the way, yeah, he's he's he uh, he was the leading scorer on the team. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so so that's not great. If they, I think also that's of note from a Dave Casper's perspective. If he's so great, why was at the beginning of the season the conversation centered around the fact that this team had no cap room left, and the team was not good, and he had all these players coming into their big seasons of their contract all at once, yeah, uh, which required a trade later on in the season that we'll talk about. But uh, yeah. So didn't is not finding good players on the international market is now starting to spend more, but spending it potentially unwisely as we'll get into in the, the roster recap. It was just a matter of like, uh, he's running out of excuses. And I think that the, 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 the assemblage of this team 
at the start of the season was a good point of it. At, there also was no backup for Bill Hamid at that point. Uh, John Kempen was your man, and that mm-hmm. was they had no third goalie, I believe, at the time. Uh, so that was another sort of the conversation when the season started. First game of the season, a victory. Aaron Lozada opens the 2022 <laughs> season with a 3-0 win at Charlotte at home. By the way, you talked about it, Michael Strade not being good enough sort of early. This would this would probably be one of his best games, or at least his most productive game. Uh, scored a penalty and scored a goal that deflected off a defender's butt. Uh, and we all thought, oh, this is the guy. This is great. We don't need Ola Kamara anymore. Ola also scored in that game. Yep. And Bill Hamid played well. Played probably one or two of his best performances of the year based on stats and sort of keeping keeping a clean sheet, which were very rare, as you'll see as we go along. So, if you're counting I, I, at home, go ahead. I, I will say I, I did... I wasn't ready to throw the season out. I was like, you know, I think there's still some, I think there were still some, at least a couple of guys coming off injury. Um, but how we looked against an expansion team, how we looked, because I mean, that was, I mean, now, now again, Charlotte later in the year proved to be a pretty formidable opponent. And we got uh-huh. trounced by them on the road uh, in Charlotte, in, in Charlotte. So, I mean, they looked like a, a pretty, you know, a pretty good opponent. Um so, I mean, I want to say, but, but I mean, that first game, like you have a, basically an entirely new team that's never really played a competitive match together. And you are a team that has now had a full year under your head coach. You had a system that was very effective to watch them come up and they, they won three, nothing. So the scoreline was incredibly deceiving Yep, because they did not look it throughout that game. I remember leaving that game thinking like, we might be in trouble. This is Char- not, this is not looking good. Charlotte was struggling to find 18 players for that mm-hmm. first game. Uh, so again, scoreline flatter to deceive, and their um, and their coach also got fired at the beginning of the year. That was one of his last few games. So not not a not a great look in, in how they played. So always a recipe for being fired by complaining about how much your owners are not spending money on players. So lesson mm-hmm. learned by no one. It will be repeated next year and next year and next year. Uh, second game of the season. So we're gonna do a we're gonna do a in season point tracker. Three, uh, three points in the first game. Second game, first game on the road, uh, another three points. FC Cincinnati, a team that up till this season was perennially wooden spoon winners and just kind of always sucked no matter what. Uh, this was a, conf- a a VAR confirmed red card for Moses Nyman. One of the last times you'll see him in a DC United uniform. Uh, his career is pretty much in a DC United uniform is remembered by a Guardian article and then a couple red cards. That's basically what he has to show for his East United career, which is a bit of a bummer, but it is what it is. Um, again, Hamid having a great game, made multiple saves uh, that kept uh, FC Cincinnati off the score sheet. And a 98th minute VAR confirmed PK for Ola is how he won. So if the first game was a bit of a, a you know confusion over... The fact that it's three nothing, we had to crush them, and we actually really didn't. A one nothing penalty granted by VAR <laughs> is another sort of like, uh oh, this team was really bad last year, and we just barely made it happen. But again, six points from two, six points from six, you can't complain. You're feeling good. Yeah. Go but ahead. by the way, um, I, I was curious. Speaking of Moses Diamond, has he had any appearances? Probably not. Right for his new side, uh, the answer to that question is no. So. Um, no appearances since he went there this summer. Um, his the team itself. What is their record? I'll, I'll look up the record right now. But they. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> not not a good. I mean, he's still young, so may, maybe it maybe it changes a little bit. But it's not. 
it, it's sad, I guess. And I mean, let's talk about Moses Nyman. It's really sad that he becomes kind of, I mean, I guess the team got some value for him, but he becomes another guy who we had higher hopes for and has just completely uh, sort of fallen off. If, if we can be frank here, um, you would have expected him to at least have gotten considering he has at least some professional experience. You would have expected him to get some appearances. Now his team itself is actually first place in the, in the second division right now. So they are challenging for a, a spot in the first division in, in Belgium. So Good they might be to competing him. to it a little bit. Good luck to him. If he's not going to get any minutes in the second division, if, they t- if the team does get promoted, Good luck to him for breaking into the roster then when they have to spend more money to improve the team. But that's a problem for next year and a problem for not us because he's not a DC United player anymore. Yeah. Uh, DC United's luck started to turn with the coldest game I've ever attended in my life uh, where my skin was uh, where <laughs> I my frozen in my bones. Uh, watching the highlights, I realized that Tony Lamarzi was on the call. I didn't know that, obviously, because I was there uh, dying and freezing. First very dumb, very dumb goal of the year conceded uh, coming off of a deflection. Uh, Shakiri assisting Ivanov and DC United being lazy, marking a cross, allowing Bornstein to score wide open in the second half. 2-0 loss, still on six points. That game uh, was uh, the first game that we conceded and the first game in which uh, I believe the offense generated very few shots on goal, starting sort of a uh, realizing where the opportunities were not coming uh, Gressel was not very effective on the wings against his uh, against his podcast teammate. It just didn't work out for them. <laughs> and Chicago was not not seen to be a challenge, not seen to be a great team at the time. There was a lot of buzz about around Shakiri. Uh, the rest of the season would bear out that that was uh, not <laughs> not legitimate buzz, and in fact that he can't carry a team all by himself. Uh, but that was the first loss of the season. Lot of lot of lot of kin- lot of. Uh... I want to say kinsmanship, a lot of similarities between what DC United has done and what Chicago have done. Um, spending at least a little bit more money is certainly on their roster, but lack of identity, lack of lack of commitment. Um, and th- they're paying for it just like we are in a lot of yep. ways. So the, the bad times continued in Toronto, dis- despite DC taking the early lead with a canal with a canal goal and a Nigel Roberto assist. So both of those are collector's items, uh, and you don't see a lot of them, particularly this season. DC United gave the lead back ten minutes later uh, with Bradley assisting a Pasuelo goal from close range, and Toronto got the win with another goal from close range this time from Osario. This would be Bill Hamid's first very bad game uh, of the year. Sort of starting the worm starting to turn a little bit there uh, for him. So still on six points. Uh, negative drum beat continues with a one nothing loss to Atlanta at at the Mercedes Benz with a 94th minute goal from Marilino Moreno. Uh, that game sucked. That was also Chris Durkin's first appearance back uh, with DC United. So this was uh, this. I think that is a three game losing streak. Yes, three yep. game losing streak for for uh, for Hernan Lasada. And that was and there was only one more to come. <laughs> there was only one more to come before the uh, the hammer swung. Uh, the final straw had to be the 3-2 loss at home to Austin FC. The game started brightly. You'll remember this game. Everyone will mm-hmm. remember this game. Uh, with a goal for Ola Kamara in the 26th minute off a redirected Gressel cross, getting a yellow card for taking off a shirt, celebrating the loss of a loved one. I think it was his grandfather. That would matter shortly after because Kamara scores a second goal, uh, waved off. He scores again. <laughs> 
so the two the two lead two 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 no lead happens at that point. But then he two foots or he tackles Diego Fagundes from behind on the on the uh, the end line for no reason, getting a second yellow, leading DC United had to play with ten men for forty five minutes. I remember going insane that that happened. I wasn't concerned yet at that time. I was there, I was not concerned yet, but I was like. That could be bad. This is foreshadowing. <laughs> this is this is not a. It's not what we want to do. Want to do at, at halftime. It's and then it, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean. So this was the game. If I remember how it, it was like eighty minutes. Correct. You sort of felt like okay, this is this is the DC we've been waiting for. If I remember my feelings towards that game, it was the team actually generating chances. The team actually turning the XG into their favor. Like they, they, I don't think they had ever been. I don't think the XG had favored him all season in any game. They always were behind. And this was the first game where you felt like, okay, they, it, it, for those first 80 minutes, I should add you. Um, those were the first 80 minutes where you were like, okay, this is the, this is the Lasada ball team that we saw last season. It's still in there. If that game ends to nothing, I think I'm leaving thinking, okay, we're, we're going to, this is this is turning. We're turning a corner here. Yep. We're maybe going back to a lot of the same old people, but we're we're starting to turn the corner a little bit. Um, and then it was ten minutes of just absolute unmitigated uh, disaster. 80th uh, minute off a corner, 85th off a cross, 90th minute, the ball just goes through Hamid's body and through his legs and through his hands, uh, causing a that was a that was a bummer in the stadium. And for those of you who are are, are watching the show now. I cannot believe that they're reliving the Austin loss again. Me neither, but we did it and we're here and it sucked. <laughs> uh, that was Bill Hamid's, I think, last game. Uh, pretty looking, maybe that's not the case, but uh, that might have been his last game for the club. Jeez. Uh, Jeez. If that's, if that's the case, wow. I, I could um, be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that's correct. Um, yeah, that was, uh, obviously that was the... The impetus for a conversation that happened at the at the club where they were getting rid of Vernon Lasada, but not before a three nothing uh, win on the road against Flower City FC, where Ernan wanted to bring a recovering Steve Birnbaum to play in the cold, uh, with the player reportedly going up the chain to say, "I'm not going. I don't want to go. I this is not right to go," uh, and that would be the last game that Lasada oversaw, being fired on 420. Nice. Um, his he was there for 15 months. His record was 16, 19, and 5, which is not great. Uh, and then the second reign of Chad Ashton begins. That 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 by the way was not his um that was not, not his, last his game? not his last game, no. Um he didn't he, start the next game. Ashton yeah, started John Kempen. Yeah, yeah, he did not start the next game. Um his last game was May 29th against the Red Bulls. Um ah, so three nothing or the the four one, yes. Ah, cool. Well, uh, on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break here for a short commercial, and we'll be right back in about 30 seconds. We are excited to be part of Podcast Row at the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia from January 11th to the 15th. The convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches, administrators, and fans of the beautiful game. Ignite your passion through captivating presentations, on-field demonstrations, exhibits, and networking events for any coach. Whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff, there's no better place for soccer coaches to learn, network, and experience the latest trends in soccer education. Visit www.unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to register. Come join us as we celebrate our passion for the beautiful game.
Thank you for sticking with us through that commercial break. So uh, where we last left you, that uh, the Chad Ashton's second, the interim Chad had, had reigned again for the second time uh, for DC United. I will tell you at that point, vibes were not great. Uh, we were not, I mean, obviously the, the, the story about Hernan hit everyone at once saying how, what this is saying, how could this happen? And slowly over the course of days and weeks and months, uh, information would sort of leak out around his behavior with the players, his behavior with the staff. Uh, there was a meeting that happened with supporter group. This I, by the way, I think in hindsight, uh, a mistake <laughs> to have done it this way. DC United gets a small group of support supporter group leaders and has an off the <laughs> has an off the uh, uh, has an off the record uh, conversation about what actually happened and what Ernan actually did and made them promise not to say anything about it. And they didn't surprisingly, like for the most part, that information was really well kept and we didn't hear about it. So uh, I think that was a mistake to do. I think that maybe a, 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 there was a weird conversation about keeping Ernan Lasada's job prospects positive and really worrying about sort of his future instead of maybe worrying about, the fans continuing to support the club that they support and understand that he was let go for what is cause, uh, at least in the minds of the club. Surely there's some legal reasoning behind it, but uh, the Chad Ashton reign did not begin positively. And I will take credit for uh, asking him in his first uh, media availability that next week uh, about sort of the vibes and sort of like, what was it? What after what was reported to be a negative locker room culture, what's important. Uh, and he stressed, in direct words, uh, I just want the guys to have fun, which was <laughs> unfortunate, I think, for him uh, and for some of the fans. Yeah, but, I, I, I mean, we all go back to, I guess we all go back to the moment when we saw the the firing. And, I mean, we, we first saw the news clip or the news clip that broke that Hernan Lasada had been fired. You know, I, I, think, I think we all were, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, and it also was, it was sort of an admission of failure. Um, at that point, it was pretty low as far as the team goes. Um, and you know, I just don't, um, yeah, I, it was, it was a bad, it was just bad. Uh, it was bad vibes. Yeah. It felt like a reset button. I guess, you know, the, the, the hope then was, you know, Chad Ashton, well, the team looked, <laughs> team looked kind of good in 2020. Um, and that turned out to be just, absolutely wrong um and you know maybe it was like and it, things started kind of on the on a high note with with the game with his first game they did um taxi i mean also i think the biggest the biggest thing about about this whole situation with um with or non was like you know we were all kind of waiting you know taxi at this point i think we kind of missed that whole storyline <laughs> about the team um signing and bringing in taxi so i mean the idea was that taxi uh, you know, taxi would maybe would be the answer. And in the first few games, I think in that Austin game, he looked good. Um, and I think in this, in this new England game, it looked like it, he looked fantastic. I mean, it looked like he exactly what, uh, what, uh, what DC needed. And, and maybe this was going to be a way to kind of get this team kind of afloat and on the right path. And I think after that new England involved in this game um you know i think it, it a couple of good appearances he had you know kind of later on in the season i think won him the uh you know the all-star ballot so it, it seemed at that point to be 
okay, maybe there is something, you know, maybe there is something here uh, for this, uh, for this team. And maybe they can sort of turn this around. Maybe they can get themselves, keep themselves alive. We get to the next off season and we, uh, you know, we, we get a new player, but it, it just kept getting worse and worse. It just really was false hope and then worse and worse. So, but that, that was kind of the first false hope after, after, after Anon Lasada was let go. Yep. I, I called taxi the toy Hernan never really got to play with. Mm-hmm. And I think in hindsight, you look at one of the reasons why they was let go is like the player, like player safety in some ways, but also just like general uh, player satisfaction. The, the, like the level of contentment in the locker room was so low that they had to make the move right then. You saw that the performances did not get noticeably better. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was uh, some way to have a sort of, uh, intervention with Ernan and the club and the players and like, and Jason and everybody comes in the room, like, listen, Ernan, here's, what's going to change. I think that there is a possibility that his coaching with taxi, I mean, so we'll never know, but like, I feel yeah. like potentially we could have gotten more points on the season without making the coaching change. Obviously there were reasons to do it and they're legitimate and valid, but I, part of me wonders sort of, with with the money that was later brought to bear on this club, where would Hernan have been? Who knows? We we'll never know. It's just like Ben Ben Olsen is also getting sort of a a revisionist look at how would Ben how would Ben have done with a team that would spend six million dollars on Christian Benteke? Like, imagine, imagine that. Yeah. Hamdi Salihis later. Imagine, <laughs> imagine that. So we'll, let's let's continue on this march because it's still very early in the year. We are at, we are at nine points uh, here at the beginning of the season. To, uh, taxi scores twice. Estrada scores all in the first half. Uh, Buxa scores late in the second half. So we're thinking, here we go again. But John Kempen uh, made seven saves in his first start of the year. I remember speaking to him in the post game. He was very excited. Uh, he was. <laughs> we're like, oh man, how do we get this guy? This is great. Classic small sample size stuff. But we were very excited about that. Uh, so nine points there. Uh, DC United went on the road a week later to Lower.com Field, which I think is a funny name. So I had to make sure I put it in here instead of Map Frey or Columbus Crew Stadium, uh, and got absolutely dominated. 3-0. Uh, just a just a bad game. Pedro Santos is a free kick past, past Kempen, where he's just just looking. Uh, Etienne torched Gressel up the line, slotted far post, and Nagby scored a volley from 25 yards out uh, to finish it up. Uh, uh, Kempen didn't have much to do in any of them, but they did not challenge whatsoever in this game. Uh, I don't want to say, like, sort of, yeah, this was this was this was the beginning of the bad here for for Chad Ashton and uh, and him. <laughs> this is know. where this is where it was like. <laughs> I think I saw one person saw New England as like a dead cat bounce, and it was certainly a, a dead cat bounce. It was yeah, just just there, awful. There was one more like mini bounce the next game. Uh, Houston comes to town on the rain. Taxi again. It's all him. The offense. When we talked about it when Taxi came here, like they didn't really have a plan. Gressel was supposed to be the plan. Brad Smith was supposed to be the plan. Both of them were ineffective, and there was no until Taxi got there. There was no way to score goals. Uh, so in this, Taxi took control, uh, scored a, a bouncing volley off a Gressel corner, uh, which I, if, if you remember how that went, it was sort of like a sort of a weird volley. It's sort of mm-hmm. an arcing volley, but it went in. Uh, and then in the forty third, Taxi handled handled the Brad Smith cross uh, and, and converting and taking uh, as an off the record uh, conversation about what actually happened and what Ernan actually did and made them promise not to say anything about it. And they didn't. 
surprisingly, like for the most part, that information was really well kept and we didn't hear about it. So uh, I think that was a mistake to do. I think that maybe a, 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 there was a weird conversation about keeping Hernan Lasada's job prospects positive and really worrying about sort of his future instead of maybe worrying about the, the fans continuing to support the club that they support and understand that he was let go for what is cause, uh, at least in the minds of the club. Surely there's some legal reasoning behind it, but uh, the Chad Ashton reign did not begin positively. And I will take credit for uh, asking him in his first uh, media availability that next week uh, about sort of the vibes and sort of like what was it, what after what was reported to be a negative locker room culture, what's important. Uh, and he stressed in direct words, uh, I just want the guys to have fun, which was <laughs> unfortunate, I think, for him uh, and for some of the fans. Yeah, but. I, I, I mean, we all go back to I guess we all go back to the moment when we saw the the firing and I mean, we, we first saw the news clip or the news clip that broke that Hernan Lasada had been fired. You know, I, I think I think we all were. I mean, I was shocked. I mean, and it also was it was sort of an admission of failure um, at that point. It was pretty low as far as the team goes. Um. And, you know, I just don't, um, yeah, I, it was, it was a bad, it was just bad. Uh, it, it, felt it was like bad we vibes. Reset button. Yeah. It, it felt like a reset button. I, I guess, you know, the, the, the hope then was, you know, Chad Ashenwell, the team looked, <laughs> team looked kind of good in 2020. Um, and that turned out to be just absolutely wrong. Um, and you know, maybe it was like, and it, things started kind of on the on a high note with with the game with his first game. They did um, taxi. I mean, also I think the biggest the biggest thing about about this whole situation with um, with Hernan was like you know we were all kind of waiting. You know, taxi at this point. I think we kind of missed that whole storyline <coughs> about the team um, signing and bringing in taxi. So I mean, the idea was that taxi. Uh, you know, taxi would maybe would be the answer. And in the first few games, I think in that Austin game, he looked good. Um, and I think in this, in this new England game, it looked like it, he looked fantastic. I mean, it looked like he exactly what, uh, what, uh, what DC needed. And, and maybe this was going to be a way to kind of get this team kind of afloat and on the right path. And I think after that new England game, I kind of left saying, well, taxi looks, looks like the real deal. It's great to see him involved in this game. Um, you know, I think it, it a couple of good appearances he had, you know, kind of later on in the season, I think won him the, uh, you know, the all-star ballot. So it, it seemed at that point to be, okay, maybe there is something, you know, maybe there is something here uh, for this, uh, for this team. And maybe they can sort of turn this around. Maybe they can get themselves, keep themselves alive. We get to the next off season and we, uh, you know, we, we get a new player, but it, it just kept getting worse and worse. It just really was false hope and then worse and worse. So, but that, that was kind of the first false hope after, after, after Hernan Lasada was let go. Yep. I, I called taxi the toy Hernan never really got to play with. Mm-hmm. And I think in hindsight, you look at one of the reasons why they was let go is like the player, like player safety in some ways, but also just like general uh, player satisfaction. The, the, like the level of contentment in the locker room was so low that they had to make the move right then you saw that the performances did not get noticeably better. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was uh, some way to have a sort of uh, intervention with Ernan and the club and the players and like, <laughs> and Jason and everybody comes in the room like, listen, Ernan, 
Here's what's going to change. I think that there is a possibility that his coaching with Taxi, I mean, so we'll never know. But like, I feel yeah. like potentially we could have gotten more points on the season without making the coaching change. Obviously, there were reasons to do it, and they're legitimate and valid. But I, part of me wonders, sort of, with with the money that was later brought to bear on this club, where would it not have been? Who knows? We never know. It's just like Ben Ben Olsen is also getting sort of a a revisionist look at how would Ben how would Ben have done with a team that would spend six million dollars on Christian Benteke? Like, imagine, imagine yeah. that. Hamdi Salihis later. Imagine, <laughs> imagine that. So we'll, let's let's continue on this march because it's still very early in the year. We are at, we are at nine points uh, here at the beginning of the season. To- uh, Taxi scores twice. Estrada scores all in the first half. Uh, Buxa scores late in the second half, so we're thinking, here we go again. But John Kempen uh, made seven saves in his first start of the year. I remember speaking to him in the post game. He was very excited. Uh, he was, <laughs> we're like, oh man, how do we get this guy? This is great. Classic small sample size stuff, but we were very excited about that. Uh, so nine points there. Uh, DC United went on the road a week later to lower.com field, which I think is a funny name. So I had to make sure I put it in here instead of Map Frey or Columbus Crew Stadium uh, and got absolutely dominated. Three nothing, uh, just a just a bad game. Pedro Santos is a free kick past, past Kempen, where he's just just looking. Uh, Etienne torched Gressel up the line, slotted far post, and Nagby scored a volley from twenty five yards out uh, to finish it up. Uh, uh, Kempen didn't have much to do in any of them, but they did not challenge whatsoever in this game. Uh, I don't want to say like sort of, yeah. This was this was this was the beginning of the bad here for for Chad Ashton and uh, and him. This is where this is where it was like, (laughs) I think I saw one person saw New England as like a dead cat bounce and it was certainly a a dead cat bounce. It was, yeah, just just awful. There was one more like mini bounce the next game. uh, Houston comes to town on the rain taxi again. It's all him. The offense. When we talked about it, when taxi came here, like they didn't really have a plan. Gressel was supposed to be the plan. Brad Smith was supposed to be the plan. Both of them were ineffective and there was no until taxi got there. There was no way to score goals. Uh, so in this taxi took control, uh, scored a, a bouncing volley off a of Gressel corner, uh, which I, if, if you remember how that went, it was sort of like a sort of a weird volley. It's sort of an <laughs> arcing volley, but it went in. Uh, and then in the 43rd taxi handed, handled the Brad Smith cross uh, and, and converting and taking three points. Twelve That's at 12 points right there. Uh, so that was a random win. We really want to talk about where the season turned bad. I think, I think it's probably, First is the Hernan, so the Austin loss. This is another one that's very impactful. Uh, flashpoint for the supporters and people that really care about this club. I would say like the hyper-serious supporters. And I mean, your casuals didn't care about this, but DC United faced the Red Bulls in the Open Cup. Their only likely chance for silverware for this club against a longtime rival. Chad Ashton comes out in the press and says, we're going to focus on the season. We're going to de-emphasize the Open Cup. I would say they regret this decision, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a loud United-esque roster went out and lost three nothing. It just was awful. If you look at that roster, Ch- Chris Durkin and Romo are the only players that you're like, okay, yeah, no, they're they're players, and everybody <laughs> else is just uh, Jackson Hopkins. I think believe makes his first appearance for DC United in this game. Uh, or not, and that was not his first appearance. But the uh, yeah, DC wouldn't win another game for seven matches. So. The open cup prioritization thing did not work. It's just straight. Just did not work. Clearly the rivalry has taken some knocks over the years and, and isn't, <laughs> and isn't what it must, what is it, what it once was, but 
just a just a really disappointing sort of turn and to have it so usually coaches will run out like a half and half lineup when they're mm-hmm. expecting to sort of like all right yeah i know we have fixture congestion so we're not going to really put all our chips in but they were like no we really don't care <laughs> we don't care at all look how much we don't care and it showed and that was a mistake and and, and you know you know the the funny the the sad thing is is like i'm pretty sure if i remember in that first half they kind of weathered they kind of weathered the storm a little bit. And so it was, it, zero, almost I think w- it was zero, zero at half. I think it almost would have been perfect to say, okay, we, we, you know, the idea was we're going to throw these guys out there. Let's just, if they can keep it close, then we bring in some of our big guns against some tired players and, and we try to get this. But I mean, literally, I think the rot, even the subs bench, there was maybe one or two other guys. And by then, I think by the time he was even looking to do subs, it was, it, it was, it was dead. I mean, it was, it, this was, I think, a moment. This was a moment in which, you know, it was okay. Now you have to go out, and if you're gonna this team, you gotta get this team in the playoffs. You're basically selling out the rest, the rest of everything, with the idea of making the playoffs and sort of. And at that time, I mean, the season was. I mean, you look, you're coming off, you know, a bad loss on the road, but two wins at home. So, I mean, at the time you're thinking, okay, maybe, you know, again, maybe Chad Ashton can sort of shepherd this season into at least being competitive. Uh, they said they were going to give him till the end of the year, maybe, but maybe they look to the, to the off season and, you know, they have something that they can kind of build on. I think Chad Ashton at this point was like, this is my one opportunity to get a, to get a full-time head coaching job. And he made a choice to go do that. And I think ultimately what follows after this is ultimately what cost what cost him the job. Even if there was agreement, I, I wonder if there was some maybe some people in the front office like, hey, we, we you know you can rest some guys, but I mean this is still a chance to to win a trophy. But you know you make the call here, and he said, nope, I'm just going to go full on in. I mean, it seemed he was saying, I don't care about this. I want to. We, we need. To, we have a, a crucial stretch coming up. We need to make the playoffs, and. He at this. I mean, we'll get into it. Absolutely, just falling flat on his face. <laughs> he they very didn't do that. They yeah, absolutely did not do that. Uh, the next game after the Open Cup debacle was Inter Miami away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami. So you're no, you're going to notice a theme here. From this point on, you're going to notice. Uh, I'll ask you. I'll ask you to notice a commonality about the goals conceded at the end of the year, and we'll see if we'll see if we all sort of understand it. Uh, so Miami scores first with Leonardo Campana roasting Brendan Hines Ike at the near post. Second goal came off of a corner with Damian Lowe, who will come up later, uh, scoring a header after Michael Estrada got in Donovan Pines' way. I don't know if you'll remember that one, uh, but Donovan Pines would have cleared that, but for some reason, Michael Estrada was in his zone. Uh, so Estrada giveth as well. This is where he flicked on a cross from Gressel and Taxi converts it with a tip. So that is a 2-1 lead at the break. Unfortunately, after the break, Pines was beaten in the open field for speed by Ariel Lasseter, who is fast. We'll be honest about that. Uh, and Hamid was beaten near post, uh, three to one. Uh, no, I guess two to one. DC United would be able to salvage a point with Ola Kamara scoring after great footwork and dribbling by taxi and a flick on by Canals. Chris Durkin gets a red card at stoppage time, uh, <laughs> and that was that. So that's 13 points. Uh, New York City FC, I, there's no highlights of this one. This, there are some games that were so bad, DC United was just like, we're not going to put the highlights on our website. <laughs> not going to do it. Uh, a game, A game shortly that I would not blame them for is, is on that list. New York city FC beats DC United the following week with goals from Alexander Callens and a PK by Tata Castellanos. One of his last acts, I believe before leaving uh, with DC United getting no shots on goal. 
that is a, another trend that I will come back to a couple times this year. Uh, Romo's debut. I remember some weirdos saying this game was not that bad, but I was there and it was horrible. And I don't, and I'm glad I didn't watch the highlights of it. Next <laughs> 13 points. Uh, the rare point for the Ashton regime came about in the next game against Toronto. This game is notable because Edison Flores did the rare, useful and productive thing, scoring a goal, uh, scoring the first goal off of an Estrada cross in the first 10 minutes. Do you remember him scoring in this game or at all? I, I do. The- I, I do remember that. I remember the the cross over the middle and, and a nice finish from him. It was um, nice. It was like a he that was never <sighs> a run he ever made ever. I've, yeah. no, I've never seen him make that sort of like that la- late run into the box. Like I anyway, <laughs> remember this is, it because this is going, one. this is going to become a, I'm going to look at how these guys are doing now. Um, <laughs> not 17, why, not 17 well, appearances for, for Atlas to assist. <laughs> not great. The lead no. would not last with Iowa Akinola taking advantage of his stretched out of shape defense and ripping a shot past Hamid. So Hamid obviously still playing here. After the half, Taxi muscled out a shot, which was finished by a tap-in by Estrada in probably his second best game in a DC United uniform. Nothing gold can say, however, as Bill Hamid somehow deflects a shot coming straight at him from the end line towards the front of the goal, uh, right to Asario, who finished it with with no... I don't, do you remember, that was another one I was I was there for, and I remember. So uh, Hamid is, on, is at his near post, facing the end line the shot comes right at his chest it somehow goes directly right to the middle of the six uh, and is easily put away he was having a rebound control problem much of the season yeah that was, this that was very obvious i mean this, i think this is this is truly i don't know if he's had issues with that if that's just kind of his his nature um i do think there were some cases in which he would make that type of move and then he would have the ability right. to then move his body to then make the next save bail himself out um, the, this, this is, I think when we all started to sort of really just see that, that, that Bill Hamid had finally sort of regressed fully. Um, he was not the same keeper that was going to keep this team in games. Um, it was well, it, for my, for my mind is when I said, okay, next year, this team has to find a new goalkeeper because Bill Hamid just isn't cutting it anymore. Yep. Uh, Bill continued his streak of weird rebounds resulting in goals in Harrison, New Jersey the next week, uh, gifting a goal to Linares. He doubled the lead. Linares had a good game. <laughs> this this is a game. All right. All I'll tell you about this game is if you remember it, this was the game of Red Bull scoring worldies all over the place. Uh, multiple volleys from outside the box, unsavable. Uh, so the first, the first one was uh, Hamid's fault. The second and third were not. He doubled the lead later in the second half with a volley inside the box after a failed headed clearance. An even better volley outside the box from Lewis Morgan took it to three nothing. I recommend if you go back and watch any goals that were scored against this season, that one by Morgan was the best one that was scored. It was ridiculous. Uh, Ola scored a garbage goal in the 87th that was immediately canceled out by an own goal by Tony Alfaro in the 90th. Uh, so four one. <laughs> it should be noted that DC United were wearing the cursed white jersey with peach numbers, so they got what they deserved. And this you are saying is Bill Hamid's last game, correct? In a DC correct. United uniform. Yep, he would pick what up an injury. I, what an inauspicious or I guess auspicious way to end his career. That's very unfortunate, but it was just the way it was. That's 14 points, folks. That's May. That's end of May, right? End of May. Yes. Yeah. So end of May on 14 points. Uh, not too much to talk about in the loss in Chicago. Taxi was one inch too short to get a header on frame in the 70th minute. And Fabian Airbears Airbears uh, accidentally scores a goal game winning goal. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one. It was sort of a accidental volley from the top of the box. No shots on goal for DC United once again. Blah. So some of these games I have like, 
I have strong <laughs> memories of. This is a game actually I have no memory. I don't I blame no memory you. Of this game. I don't blame you. Also, no highlights of this game on DC United's website. Yeah. Uh, next game was a nationally televised game for DC United, so you know what that means. That means they did not win uh, because they don't on national television. Uh, embarrassment is what happens. DC United lost 3-1 at home to Nashville, giving up a goal to Daniel Lovitz and a pair to Hanny Mukhtar, who owns DC United pretty, and a lot of the it, league, by the way. He's pretty good. <laughs> But DC United specifically. Uh, and Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying, I, I remember this game not because if anything happened, because this is a game I was supposed to go to. And then uh, I caught the COVID, as they as they, um, as they they say, they and say was that. unable. <laughs> <laughs> taxi and scored also in this game. Uh, What's that? I said Taxi also scored in another losing effort, which is yeah. a vibe. You'll see this as he scores 12. There's a lot of those. So that's uh, still 14 points. The next game was probably the highlight of the year. So we were saying before, talk about a time in which there were some things that were decent at it was kind of good. Maybe you could say it's this game. Uh, it was insane. Away to Orlando, Taxi scores a hat trick in a half. Uh, and half of the goals hadn't even been scored after that <laughs> in this game. Uh, Torres and Cara score goals to make it tight. And then Kamarni Smith collects an errant pass, scores his first MLS goal. We're thinking, all right, that's good. Uh, and then Orlando get a PK that Pato <laughs> scores. And then Nigel Bertha scores his first goal of the season on an, another errant cross at the top of the box. Eight goals, uh, three points on the road for DC United, brings him to 17. That game was insane. Another one to go, yeah. another, that's another one to go back and check out because uh, it was kind of, kind of great. And then you go from the very, probably the greatest high to the lowest low. Uh, calamity, 7-0. A game so bad, it got a replacement coach fired, basically. Uh, four days later, after the seven nothing loss, DC United brings back Wayne Rooney to be their manager. The loud slap noise you heard at the corporate office at Audi was hitting the Jason Levin hitting the panic button and giving Wayne whatever he wanted to take the gig and take the heat off for just five minutes. I don't even I don't even go back and and talk about the goals because a DC United memory hold the highlights and did not put it up there. B uh, Carranza scored a hat trick, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, Bedoya scored two. Uh, everybody scored. Everybody that could score scored. Uh, again, so bad that it got this team uh, to move again to pay a third coach. Do we? Do we think? Like, I, I guess what I was trying to say is, I, I was trying to pinpoint what moment in this year did I just a hundred percent lose hope? Probably then, right? It, it had to be in this game. I was like, I thought it was earlier, and maybe it felt like earlier. Maybe it was the Nashville game. Maybe it was, but then of course, then that you're you're buoyed with the with the Orlando. This yeah. whole season, this whole season was just the wins were weird. But every time you got a win, you thought, okay, maybe this is where they can put something together. And it was just false hope, false hope, false hope. <laughs> yep, false hope all abound. Um, so I, I think this was this game against Philly was very much the moment where I was like, I, this season's over. This team is not making the playoffs. Um, they get Rooney in, and my only my thought for Ro- when they brought in Wayne Rooney was, please be better. And we'll get into whether they were better or not. Um, <laughs> right. By the way, this 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 show is uh, rapidly approaching a two parter. So those of you who are watching live will get to hear it all at once. I'm pretty sure that Ted and I are gonna uh, make this two episodes because <laughs> uh, we're halfway through the season and we still have to talk oh, about this. Oh yes. All right. Uh, the Rooney magic. Uh, though he wasn't able to officially coach the team yet, was in effect almost immediately with Columbus mm-hmm. coming to town. The crew took a, this is the game in which I was walking to the stadium from a very far parking lot, uh, parking parked illegally, and I walked back and forth two times to try to pay. 
and I missed the first goal. Uh, but crew took the lead off of a, what I, what I deem a FIFA cheat code curler by Cucho, uh, where they, where there's just no way to save it. Nothing you can do. Uh, taxi shortly winning a penalty, like a KG professional, uh, confirmed by VAR. And of course he scored it. No, he didn't. He pulled it wide on the ground in an embarrassing fashion. And that was sort of just like, Oh, that's great. Excellent. He'd score a few minutes later to sort of exercise the demons on that and level him out, knocking in a cross and tying it up. But Kucha scored again in the 82nd minute, scoring a header from about four inches away from the goal by a Ryan cross. But DC United did not die in this evening uh, with Ola jabbing in a loose ball on the goal line and saving a rare point, bringing the total to 18. So that, I'm sorry, that was not the game. The Orlando game later that we'll talk about was the game that I was walking to. This was at night. But Rooney Magic, point. He was not yet able to be uh, on the sidelines. I believe he was doing coach. He was doing training sessions and had like a radio and was being seen at the next game <laughs> in like the, in the, in the booth. Uh, the next it, game, by the it way, it was in his like, consulting consulting right, role. Correct. His, his, his visa was not, <laughs> was not squared away yet. So he was not working. Yeah. Uh, next game, another game, another loss, two games. This is another no highlights, two goals by Reynoso in Minnesota and no shots on goal. Third time I've said that so far, 18 <laughs> points. After a friendly walloping by Bayern Munich, which I do not, I'm not going to get into, uh, and a Julian Gressel trade, uh, which we can talk about for a second, uh, Montreal came to town and did not wait long to take a lead, scoring in the first minute of play with Romel Kyoto scoring once and then again in the 35th minute. Burnbaum scored his first goal of the year, and recent signing Miguel Barry played and did nothing, which is going to be a trend for his entire career at DC United. DC United, five shots on goal, Montreal three, the world is a vampire. Uh, no points awarded. Let's talk about the Julian Gressel trade. So we won't get into the details because we talked about it when it happened, but there was conversation at the time about Julian Gressel being ineffective. Mostly his defense sort of uh, not doing the defense. Wasn't great. He wasn't getting the assist he got last year. Um, the, the focus really was about the way the trade happened, right? The, the sort of the, the way it was broken to Steve Goff, almost the exact same time as Julian Gressel, uh, the way it happened, sort of, I guess there was a conversation about potentially a contract extension and he was sort of didn't know anything that was going on. And then the trade just happened. Uh, what do you think of, in the postmortem of this? Obviously this was about getting money on the, on the salary cap available. What yeah, do we this, think about the way this trade went down and the end of it? Like what's the end result of what that trade was for you? For, I mean, for me, I mean, it, it was, it, it, it was the, I, I think I, I, I came back from it. I think <laughs> I think the team really, uh, really wishing that because, I mean, I have to imagine that this happens all over the league. Players are traded, you know, the the Billy Bean uh, baseball movie. When he talks about trading, it's like you just go in and tell them they're being traded. You know, this guy will handle the details. Have a nice day. Goodbye. Yep. Um, and and the, the, the callousness of the idea of the, of the trade and, and, and how it happens and how it comes together. Um, I think happens all over the league. And I think for, for the first time, really, we got to hear about how completely heartless it can sound, especially when you're moving a guy halfway across the country. With a baby. Um, what's that? With a baby, and with a, a baby a, who's yeah. just born a life. He has built, Mm-hmm. You know, with three years, I mean, he, he would, he would tell you, you know, and I think he said, you know, Hey, I understand it's the nature of the game. I just was expected that I would be treated with a little more respect. Um, you know, you gave, <laughs> you, you gave respect. Honestly, I, I wonder how he looks at, you know, look at how much respect they gave Paul Ariola. 
Um, granted, they wanted to keep him. It's a little different, but they gave him, you know, the respect. You know, they they didn't give him a heads up. I, I think the real the real, the worst part of the whole nature is him not knowing, him finding out, golf tweeting it out before his wife was even yep. known. So his wife finds out the information from golf. I think that that is the worst has to be the worst part about all of this. Yep. Um, if I, if I'm being truthful, that, that, that was really kind of the geez, like, what are we doing here? Like, we can't, we can't just wait. You know, you can't even tell him, Hey, you know, golf already has this. He's got contacts. Um, you know, we, we want to make this trade known, you know, can you please, you know, we, we've made this trade. Can you call your, call your, call your wife now, call your family now, let them know. You know, this is this is the nature of the game. It's going to get out. They didn't even do that. It was just kind of like five seconds before telling Steve. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, what? what is the benefit in being fast with that? Anyway, that I, that was that was that was the first moment where I'm like, I'm not so sure about this Rooney thing anymore. Yeah. Like, I was all high on this Rooney thing here. He's going to come. You know, he's going to centralize things. It's at least something different. It's the team being at least somewhat bold, you know, not hiring a MLS retread next season, not just seeing out this season. Maybe we'll see something interesting. He's got connects. He's got contacts. It might work. It might completely blow up in our face. This was the first moment where I was like, I'm really not sure this is going to work out. And yeah. it, it got worse from there, honestly. And it was being sold immediately that Jackson Hopkins was like ready to go. Ready, mm -hmm. ready to ready to come in for the spot, which over the course of the season it was not the case. I think if you look at it overall, I think he's certainly got a future, but it's he was he was not ready to step in for Julian Gressel and and contribute in a similar way. We weren't using those players. Winger wingers are out, so that's mm -hmm. that's that's part of the move. And I want to make sure we. Go, I, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the season. Don't forget the Paul Ariola trade was insane in that it was a multi week saga where Paul Ariola is tweeting question emojis. Or, or or gifts about Fair. the fact that uh, the fact about like oh I didn't know I uh, rejected a move there he was giving interviews in Spanish on ESPN Deportes about wanting to go and play for uh, was it Club America Club America yes yeah, so it was it was wild like obviously we're yeah. never gonna get the full details there it was uh, it was from what we understand about Hernan Lasada and not wanting to play for him anymore and also some family issues but uh, that was also wild so the whole the whole season has been a bit of a, a bit of a craziness we'll keep going yeah I mean it. <sighs> I think this again, I, I think this represents too. this represents Dave cast. I think this also, I, I think this has been a, a year where every single flaw that, that exists for Dave Casper was big old microscope was shined on. And this is one of them. I think he's a wheeler and dealer. I think this is how he's like, I have treated you this no differently than I'm trying to remember like a player from way back when that we, that we traded or that. I mean, there was all the moves about, uh, about Dwayne DiRosario. I think that, that was maybe yeah. the big one. <laughs> and um, the, and the, and the poster teardown from and the, the poster from, RFK. from the poster teardown from RFK. There, there have been times in the past where like he has acted this way. So I think this, this shined a, a big old microscope and the, the, the most like, I'd say like insane part is literally uh, Julian Gressel essentially burning down the team on his podcast yeah. being like, I, I don't know what direction this team has stuff, stuff. He probably was thinking on the side, like what's the direction here? We got rid of Lasada, you know, we got rid of, you know, we got rid of, uh, you know, we, we, we go with Chad Ashton. Now we're going with Rooney. Like, and I think he, he was saying on the inside, like, I feel like the team is directionless. And I think this year he's been proven absolutely right. Um, 
Absolutely right. We also got some some insights into the differences between Vancouver and D.C. and the training center. Um, <laughs> the the yeah, the, well we'll get. Maybe, I don't know. If we'll, I don't. I don't know if we have time to get into all that, but that was yeah. insightful to Just say the least. Cattiness. I, I tried to get a jersey signed by a, a mutual, and uh, he told me that Julian has no interest in looking at anything DC United on it ever again. Oof. So uh, that jersey will not be wow. signed. It will remain in my closet. So there's that. So he was really, he was really, 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 really mad. Okay. Yeah. Continues. Remember when I said that DC United only beats Orlando and New York City FC? Luckily, Orlando would come back to town, uh, and or and they got beat in a very dramatic fashion. This is the game that I was uh, missing most of it, walking back and forth in the rain. Uh, Rooney's second debut for DC United began with a ninth-minute goal conceded, scored by Junior Urso. This was one where uh, Romo was just floating around in the box, and uh, Urso chipped him <laughs> from <laughs> from the 18, basically. Uh, that was a that was a thing. That was the game where Romo. It was the first time that Wayne was directing Romo to play sweeper keeper, and he did not have the skill set for it. <laughs> uh, it didn't it didn't really go well for him. Nothing doing until stoppage time in the second half, uh, with Durkin scoring a side footed shot to the roof of the net to tie the game. I think that was ninety plus one. That was his first goal of the year. But because this is Wayne Rooney and he he hates Orlando, DC United scored their best goal of the year, a laser cross by Ravel Morrison in his debut. To Kamarni Smith, who one time left foot crosses to Taxi, who stabs it in pandemonium, cats and dogs, hope. Uh, I know, I know if you go back and listen to the show after this, Ted and I were like, I mean, maybe that maybe he's gonna do it. Maybe he's gonna make this team like make them believe. It's all just a matter of belief. It's not about the players. Ravel Morrison comes in, makes five thousand passes backwards and sideways, playing in front of the <laughs> in front of the back <laughs> four. We're like, what the hell is happening? Uh, but that was that was the beginning of Wayne on the sidelines and sort of, again, maybe a, another small peak uh, for a season, mostly of valleys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I, it all it's hard to look back on this one. I, I think everything was just looking everything was just looking so bad for this team, if I'm being yeah. honest. So, yeah, uh, August begins with a beat down in Charlotte to the expansion team. Scoring began as Sergio Romo punched a ball directly into Steve Birnbaum's face into the net. Do you remember that goal? <laughs> Trying not to, but yeah. yeah, that one was funny. That was a good one to watch. Uh, it continued in the second half uh, with DP Swiderski tapping in a rebound off of a Yordi Reina shot, mm-hmm. doubling the lead. And finally, Quinn McNeil scores off yet another rebound from Romo, this time from a Swiderski shot. 3-0, 3-0 on 21 points. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a Sergio Romo is bad game for sure. Uh, did not like that one at all. Uh, the next week, Red Bull came to town, and it seemed like neither team had a serious interest in winning with no goals and three shots on goal combined between the two teams. That MLS managed to cut seven minutes of highlights into this game made me think that they just random chunks from the game and put it on there. Uh, 22 points. That was a draw. It happened. That was that was a very horrible game to be at. That was an Audi field. Uh, United went on the road to Foxborough with uh, Renix almost taking the early lead with a fancy trick at the near post only to miss it like Balotelli in the U S or that was like an exhibition game where he pulls like a Paneka, like a running Paneka and misses. Uh, the only goal of the game would be scored early in the first half with DC United legend, Tommy McNamara playing in Brandon by crosses the ball to Carlos heel. He'll rounded the keeper in the second half, but hits the post. So aside from a few long distance shots by Ravel, DC United were not dangerous again. Uh, no points, no points were awarded uh, 22 points still. United has their first and only West Coast trip of the year to LAFC, 
<laughs> and United decided to get a million yellow cards in the first 60 minutes, including Burnbaum getting his second at, at 60 minutes. If you remember this game, DC United was like hanging on. It was Ochoa had his first start for the club. David Ochoa, who came to the club by a, a trade to RSL for some some game. At his first start at home, we were kind of wondering where he was, but it was about fitness because he had not played all season. Uh, but he had three he had three saves, and they were all they were all great saves. Uh, but Opoku Opoku, who's a rookie, comes on in the 61st minute and would score five minutes later after Ochoa came out to stop uh, Arango, who was running in on goal, and he slipped the ball to Opoku to finish it off. United United almost scores. Taxi hits the post from 25 yards, uh, but unluckily does not happen Ochoa making a few other saves United loses again 22 points but this was Ochoa's first game gave us an opportunity to sort of see what we had in him I think you know we were optimistic about him from the start we knew he had talent but it was a question of like what it, where is this guy at is he going to make this team better he didn't make the team better I think we could talk about that too but he he, he on his own he performed pretty well mm, did he make the I team mean, better so here's the here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing about David Ochoa. I I look at this game. I look at this game against LAFC, and again, if you if you are judging whether he made the team better on whether the maybe they get more wins or maybe they get more points, I mean, I think I think this was this was kind of a run where this team was it went from disastrously bad to losing three nothing four nothing four one to losing one nothing to losing to getting maybe eking out a draw look at this game against lafc against the eventual supporter shield champions and they barely eked out a one nothing win at home are you going to argue that that this team you know if they're playing rafael sure. romo in goal that they're gonna this game would be two three nothing no question yep. yep so he made the team better this team is just so catastrophically bad <laughs> there yep. is almost so much he there's only so much he can do I would not be surprised the amount of quality chances that this team was just giving other teams. He I, honestly, I think he did his, he did his best in keeping this team in games that maybe they shouldn't have been. Is he at Bill Hamid, you know, peak levels? No, but he's not at, he's basically at where Bill Hamid was at a certain point when he was making some good saves, but also making some big mistakes. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when I guess Bill Hamid was 2021. I want to say like, I want to say 2013, 2014 was when I think that's when he was because he signed like at 17 and I think he started playing really in 2010. So three years around then. So, I mean, we have, we have to go back, I think a little bit to like what Bill was like then. Um, and we all saw the talent and I see the talent in David Ochoa. I think this team is crazy not to push you're going to have to overpay maybe a little bit for him yep. but to settle that to settle that for next year i think is so so important and he's right here he's moved here he's he's living here in dc he's going to be the starter he's right here you have you otherwise you're you are rolling the dice again on either getting a romo or finding somebody else and possibly having to burn an international slot yep and be like we have seen how disastrous it is to have a bad goalkeeper. We have seen it. We Couple saw times. it this year with Rafael Romo. He's here. Go get him. If, yep. if, if if he moves on to Barcelona, Real Madrid, what can you do? But do not do not just let him kind of say no. We're not interested and walk away. Because I I really think this is a critical piece. If you want me to have any shred of hope that this team can be even close to better. It's if they can if they can lock down David Ochoa for three seasons or three yep. years. 
Yep, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second worst loss of the year comes at the hands of the worst. Uh, comes at the hands of the team who gave them the worst loss of the year. United, <laughs> uh, United face Union again. Ravel had a chance to score in the fifteenth and should have. Taxi hit the post on the twenty sixth, and then Uri scores in the thirty sixth. That's Paulson's fault. Uri wins a penalty. That's Alfaro's fault. Gazdag converting in the forty ninth. Carranza scores a curler in the forty seventh. Carranza scores again after a shooting gallery in the box. The sixty ninth. 74th, Carranza is gifted a ball by Romo, who passes it directly to him. And Burke scores in the sixth as Alfaro fails to challenge and just sort of gives up. Uh, awful, and it should have and could have been a much larger loss after watching the highlights. It could have been nine or ten. Romo actually made some good saves, and they, they hit the post a couple times. So, boy, up and down. It, this up, th- this was the game where I said Rafael Romo and Antonio Alfaro should never start. I, don't, I actually don't think he didn't. Maybe- that was it. Yeah, I, I think that was the game. I was like, "This guy's done, <laughs> done yep. and dusted." New uh, and next week was a, a new week and a, and a new loss for United uh, on the road to Atlanta. But Ochoa continues to be pelted with shots, proving his value to the club. This game will be memorable, memorable to some fans for Ravel Morrison's unstoppable first goal from distance in the 46th minute. He takes it down off his chest one time, uh, uh, volleys it. Uh, that ended a 496 minute scoreless streak. If you remember that from living it and also sure. sort of and you know, counting it, it was the first sort of sad stat of the year. For those who remember the MLSist sad stats. Uh, and, go ahead. And, and again, you, you talk about, you talk about what did Ochoa make this team better. Here's a game where I undoubtedly think he made this team better. He kept this team afloat. They picked up a, a nice goal from, um, it, it, again, this team still lost games because they were bad everywhere else. But David Ochoa, kept this team afloat and got them to where they could maybe steal a point. If you improve that defense just a little bit, I think you maybe pick up, you pick up a few more points. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't in this one, unfortunately. So two Mm -hmm. minutes later, Alan Franco scores off a corner. Uh, Ola Kamara scores another goal off of a Durkin cross and United briefly had the lead in the 56, but then Joseph Martinez came on. And if you remember that, that was sort of when the game turned around Uh, minutes later, he scores from a cross entirely unmarked inside the box. Uh, Burnbaum and Nahar just chilling on either side of him, hanging out. And then Atlanta finishes them off with Parada scoring another unmarked header, this time Alfaro being the witness uh, to the goal. So that's a, I believe, a 3-2 loss in Atlanta. Uh, Ochoa played well, but that was, a, that was Joseph Martinez not being defended was a choice. That was very bizarre. That was, that was so obviously Martinez is, I believe, leave, going to lo- most likely leave Atlanta at the end of the season. Uh, he had been benched for multiple games in a row before this one. Uh, he did not celebrate his goals. He just sort of stood there, just as like like, well, how are you not playing me? And I don't know how. You, certainly, if you're if teams are going to leave him unmarked, he's certainly going to score goals every game. Uh, was this before or after flipping the table of chicken and rice or something like that? That was before before flipping the table. <laughs> that might have been another reason why he stayed a little bit longer on the sidelines. Uh, United last win of the season. We're not even close. To, we're close to done, but United's last one of the season. Came on the last day of August, a rare road victory in New York, although this game was played on an actual soccer field in Harrison versus the baseball field uh, in Yankee Stadium, which which DC United will never, ever win on for as long as they continue to play there. DC United will lose there. You can count on it. Guarantee it. Uh, scoring got started in the 24th minute with assist machine. Chris Durkin again, finding Ola Kamara for another tap in goal. Uh, as all season, the lead did not last. A bear equalized shortly after scoring from the top of the box with a shot partially saved by Ocho before going in and United take the lead from Burnbaum's second goal off of great service from a free kick uh, by Rodriguez. His first only time. good, his only good free kick service of the entire season. That's the first time you've heard me say his name. 
<laughs> this game was also Christian Benteke's debut. And to a player more likely to impact East United's long-term future, it was also Christian Fletcher's debut. Uh, so again, rare last one of the season uh, against New York City FC, bringing them to 25 points. The next two games were scoreless draws against Colorado on RSL. I'm not going to talk about them. Two points. <laughs> uh, after hey, that, games, games yeah, where David Ochoa was great. RSL, was a team that is in the games. playoffs right now and has advanced, uh, did not advance, but made it to the playoffs. Colorado still had about double the points we did. So teams that are better than us getting results on the road. Uh, after that, the seemingly annual trip to Kansas City in September resulted in an end to the positive results for the season. Another first goal conceded, and it was, uh, once again, I, I'm, I'm spoiling my reveal at the end of this, uh, the, this review, but another goal from wide service, Kyrie Shelton from the six-yard box. Second goal also came from wide service. This time, Volodair scored, shot the ball directly through Ochoa's body, though he was heavily screened, so I would not have blamed him on that. And the third goal was a, a, a peach by Daniel uh, Saloy from outside the box and in completely unstoppable. United mustered two shots on goal. Uh... And now we're going to the flashpoint of the season, uh, I think. The following game was a lot. Uh, we had Christian Benteke scoring his first and only goal for 2022 for DC United, replete with the LeBron James celebration. Miami equalized in the 38th minute off of, you guessed it, a corner kick after a scramble from a failed clearance punch by Ochoa. This was, like his first whiff, I think, at goal problem for him. Uh, Campana scored again off of a cross and a defensive failure by first Nahar and then Burnbaum, who was laying on the ground. Taxi shortly after this did the last good thing for DC United he would do in 2022 and maybe forever scoring from the top of the box. Unfortunately, shortly after that, we know what happened. It is notable that it is exactly a month ago today and we still have no resolution on the situation from MLS. I thought it was interesting that it was exact when this show comes out on the 18th, it will be a month from then. No word, no report, nothing. Just nothing. taxi hanging out in Greece and <laughs> we're just sitting here again. Like, I don't know what's going on. So that's, that's that. Uh, the winning goal resulted in a bizarre way. Durkin cleared the ball off of Ravel's back. The ball comes up the field, crossed to Higuain, who was not going to miss, and another loss for DC United at home. Second to last goal, second to last game of the season, Donovan Pines game. This is the Donovan Pines, not revenge game, but sort of when you knew that Donovan Pines was going to have some problems. 41st minute, Donovan Pines slid, slides a, a full stretch, pokes the ball, ball past his own keeper, uh, a thing he did not need to do. If you look at the replay, uh, Ochoa was going to was going to collect the ball. Uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, he later got a red card for two hand pushing a player in the back. Uh, Ochoa saves the penalty. It didn't matter. But all uh, all of that game was entirely. If you look at the scoring summary, Donovan Pines just all over it. Uh, not 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 having a good time. <sighs> Last game of the season. <laughs> I didn't even write this one up. I'm going to go from this one from memory. Uh, we had FC Cincinnati at home. Yes. Uh, this was a, I'm going to pull it up so that I get the, the score. Ravel, right. Ravel Morrison only scores worldies. Apparently really yeah, nice that's, goal. <laughs> that's all he does. Uh, this was a game that I was thinking Lucio Costa was going to score five. Instead, he just scored one, uh, in the sixth minute. Uh, Ravel Morrison scores the 26th. Again, a worldie, like you said, uh, Brenner scores two, three in the first half, first half, uh, a hat trick for Brenner and Brandon Vasquez finishes off the scoring. Kristen Fletcher scores a nice goal in his first game at home. His first start. Um, uh, other elements in that that are important, not much. Matai Akamboni gets a start and is torched alive. <laughs> it has, I think, his his, uh, his foot mob was a four point two or something like that. Uh, and Ted Cudipietro got his first start since July twenty third and was pretty good. Cincinnati finishes four nine and four at home uh, and much worse on the road. 
And that is that, my friends. DC United, if you if you know anything from what I said, DC United is horrible at defending set pieces. DC United was horrible at limiting and pre- or pressuring uh, the wings from crossing the ball in. Almost all of the goals that they conceded that were not worldies were coming from crosses or from corner kicks or from free kicks. This team did not get much... They, they got better at it under Rooney, but they were very bad at it, and they didn't they didn't improve enough. The team obviously has much to do, uh, but that was I went through it all. And if you're still here from a live from a live perspective, kudos to you. But that's that's who this team that's what this team did. That's why this team said we put out a poll. I believe is this the worst season in, in DC United history? Ted and I are absolutely in agreement that it is. Oh yeah, statistically it isn't necessarily, but it is it is undeniably it- so. I mean, just this is this is a case where if you just the stats do not tell the story just from a pure off the field perspective, every single this almost again, I think back to the I think about the rest of it, every single flaw about this team and how they've operated for the past 20 years now. I mean, not, not 20 years, but the past like. 10, 15 years, however long it's been since this team was actually competitive fixture, you know, in, in DC United in in MLS was exposed this year. It was, everything was exposed. International signings were exposed. Poor, poor other than what, and then their one good international signing might not even be here next year (laughs) due to, due to other personal, personal related issues. I mean, just a disaster from all fronts. It, It almost, it almost begs the question like how I, anyone asking me like how how can I how how can you be positive about this team? How can you bring any sort of sense of positivity? I, I really don't know. I really <laughs> I really don't know. I really really don't know. Maybe my mind will be changed if this team actually goes out and and, and makes some spending. Maybe this taxi issue and taxi being gone might be a blessing in disguise because then it gives them two DP slots that supposedly they can go buy. Um, they can go out and use, but I, I mean, it really is. It really is hard. Like I think about some of the other seasons that were bad, like 2010 and, and 2013, and you could see a path forward. You could see a, well, you know, here's a, and maybe, you know, again, 2013 ended with a, with a trophy. So you're like, okay, well, you know, Bill's rounding into form. We know he can be better. This team clearly needs some, some new pieces. Dwayne Rosario needs to be, you know, sent away, but you know, there is a, there is a, a chance for this team to, to move forward. Uh, now I, I really don't know there, there's nothing positive. There's nothing to hang your hat on. There's nothing to say, well, we looked, you know, we looked less embarrassing and a little more organized, I guess. But I, I mean, really, honestly, it, it's impossible to me to feel like the club is even less directionless than it was when it, when it when it supposedly got a direction in hiring Rooney, even that's temporary. I think every fan is feeling angst. Like this doesn't feel like a you know a a new plan that this team is ushering in. This feels like a, a short term. Let's see what happens. And yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't know. I really Steve don't Goff, know what mm-hmm. Steve Goff summed it up. And thanks to RJ and DC to reminding this. Uh, with MLS and second flight USL championship regular seasons now over, DC United and Loudoun United finished with a combined 15, 43, and 10 record, 55 of a possible 204 points with a negative 73 goal differential. So that's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, certainly not, it's, it's, it's struggling for optimism for sure. 
For the folks that are watching us live, by the way, you are wonderful and we appreciate you doing that. And if you want to uh, make sure if you want to join us on Monday nights at 830, you should do so on twitch.tv slash RFK refugees and subscribe if you like. We are going to make this a two parter for our for our live viewers. And if you're listening to this, this will be the end of this week's episode. And you're going to hear the uh, the player breakdowns uh, the following week. So Ted and I don't have to do another show of this. So uh, thank you for joining us uh, live and continue to stay here. And for everybody else, we'll see you uh, next week talking about the roster. Vamos. Vamos.